Hello and welcome to Skullshot Pincast episode number 54. I'm Kayla. And I'm Graham. Hey Graham. Um, so today we did something pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, after 10 months of talking to him through email and just waiting and contacting waiting and so forth we got andrew wk to come on the podcast and talk to us about why he loves pinball and why it's so important to him and how he got started yeah it was a really cool conversation it ran a little longer than we expected which was super cool Mm -hmm. um yeah talked about uh immersive experiences uh how he got into pinball growing up in ann arbor uh his favorite and least favorite games uh found out he's a big pat lawler fanboy yeah Yeah. and uh (laughs) anyway uh, we can't wait to share it with you. So, uh, w- without much ado, here yeah. it is. Dive in, guys. Have fun. I mean, J- J- Jimmy and Bruce alone. That's pretty. Yeah. Pretty cool. Here hey, we go. Here we go. I think he's buried here. Hello. hello. Can you hear us? Yes. Hello. Is, Hi, this Andrew. Is Andrew. Is, is this Kayla? This is Kayla. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm sorry. I'm a few minutes late. Oh, and, that's and I, fine. And, and thank you just for, uh, most of all, just for your staying in touch and your persistence and your patience. And oh. I'm so excited. Um, this is I've had several interviews today, and with all due respect to everyone else, this is the one I was really excited about because we get to talk about pinball. Oh, oh man, shucks. that makes me so excited. Yeah, that's great. By the way, this is Graham here. Hi, I'm Graham. Yes, hi, Graham. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Very nice to meet you. That makes me tickled. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh let's just jump right into it then. Uh Andrew, yeah. uh I mean we, we we've got a handful of questions for you, but yeah, let's we're going to talk about pinball mostly. Like uh how, when did you first get into pinball? Wow. Well, um I am 38 years old, so I would like to think that I was at the prime age of pinball's prime. Now, people can debate what constitutes a prime mm-hmm. in any phenomenon. But with pinball, I think there was a uh, a perfect storm of technology, popularity, uh, arcade prominence, and general enthusiasm that existed uh, in the 1990s. I'd absolutely and agree. gave rise. Yeah, and I think it's not debated. I think everyone uh, in the industry and beyond is aware that the 1990s ha- were the, the the height of pinball. In, in every way, really, um, mm-hmm. the games themselves, the excitement surrounding them. So at that age, I was just the perfect age. I was old enough to ride my bike to downtown Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Ann Arbor at this time and, uh, had no less than one, two, three, four, five, six arcades. Oh, my goodness. Within, <laughs> yeah, within less than a mile. I'd say a half mile. So you could hit uh, all the, of them you, on a good day. Uh, and I would. Oh, my goodness. There was literally, <laughs> there's a the Pinball Pete's, which is still there in mm-hmm. downtown Ann Arbor. They literally had two locations across the street from each other. And you, so pizza and pinball, like how could you go wrong, right? Oh, or actually, pardon me. Pinball Pete's. Oh, like, I, have, uh, I heard Pete's pizza. Peter. <laughs> There was pizza on offer uh, nearby. Um, oh, good. A couple of great pizza places. No, but uh, yeah, P- Pete was the proprietor of this pinball place. Oh my goodness, that's and, a lot of anel- a lot of peas there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pea alliteration. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't want to interject too much, but this reminds me that one of the first places I really played pinball was Pietro's Pizza, which is you know. Oh wow. 
Yeah, so we got the pizza in there, and then there's uh, just an, a variation of Pete. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, continue. I, I, I consider that a good omen. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Good connection. So, Pinball Pete's. Yeah, I'd ride my bike there, and there'd be a line. There'd be a line to play whatever was the newest, most popular game. I specifically remember the biggest. I, I mean, I, it was really exciting now because I've, I've actually done more research in all the years since um, and could read through the sort of timeline of this pinball explosion. And, and, and I'd say, oh, yeah, I remember the day when the Twilight Zone game showed up on the arcade floor mm. and there was a line out the door to play Twilight Zone. That's and, cool. of course, Twilight Zone was the grand finale of sorts for Pat, Pat Lawler. Lawler. yeah. And mm -hmm. coming off of Adam's Family, the most successful game of all. Of all time. That still has the, not been topped. Exactly. So to, to actually be there, and I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't know. I, I mean, I guess maybe there was no... I was younger, so I wasn't really talking to these older kids, and I was still intimidated in some ways by the pinball arcade uh, environment. It, was, it, 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 it wasn't like a rough place or anything, but it was still dark and loud and intense and uh i didn't really there was no community that I, right. that could fill me in on what was going on i would just sort of piece together well that this is the best game and if there's this people lined up for this game this must be the new best game and it was just uh just so just some of the best times of my life really when people would line up around the games would they do a four-player game and everyone would join in at the same time or was it kind of a one player at a time sort of deal well, there were people that were very good at playing. If yeah. I was in line, it was hard to sort of see what was going on right in front of the machine. Mm -hmm. My people did multiplayer for sure. I usually was there alone um, at, during these times. I went by myself a lot, largely because actually a lot of my peers were in, immersing themselves into the worlds of Sega Genesis and mm -hmm. Nintendo and things like that um, mm -hmm. and weren't as passionate about pinball. I never had... We weren't allowed to have video game systems. My parents were very strict about video games. We could rent them from mm -hmm. the video store uh, for the weekend. I think my mom's strategy was that we would burn out mm. on <laughs> playing them nonstop for the weekend, and she was right. So by the time it was time to return a rented video game system, I was sort of had my fill anyway. But the arcade was really the place I could go to play these games, and I actually thought they were better not just the pinball games, but I also thought the video games they had at the arcade were better than what my friends had. And yeah. I liked that environment. I just liked everything about it. So many lights and colors and just noises all around it's you. It's a more immersive experience. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. It's, it always smelled like, and maybe you can relate to this, at least, and this is not meant to be a criticism <laughs> to these arcades. It smelled like um, wet, a combination of a wet dog, a wet ashtray, and wet, <laughs> socks and shoes <laughs> oh boy yeah there's kind of like a funk that follows yeah a it's that, that carpet follows. i think it's the carpet it's right? that yeah. and it's the arcades. heat from the machines as well and if you hit oh, it on right. a rainy if you hit it on a rainy day then all that moisture just traps inside the building mm, yeah that makes sense now mm -hmm. you guys you're are you in portland we're in seattle so nearby in seattle so you so you're very familiar with them the the, the that humid air and yes. how it can color the the atmosphere but you're right it does e even the pungent smells 
I, I, I loved it then, and I love it even more now thinking back to it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the uh, old factory, like, uh, just yeah. nostalgia. Yeah, that's, what is that? That's that's a pretty pretty far and away that uh, sense of smell is the yeah. most closely related to memory, isn't that right? I think so. Like, the, the scent of your, like, grandmother baking cookies, you know, like, people think of those things fondly. And we're talking about a kind of a, a stink right now, but, like... <laughs> but still, it's a stink associated with a <laughs> right. nice thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, and how do you draw that line? When does, a, was it, when does an aroma become an odor? Yeah. Right. When does a... That's true. A good smell become a bad smell, and and, and it, if you relate, if the bad quote unquote bad smell is related to a good memory, then is it even a bad smell? So, then it overpowers it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, create your own context, your own uh, mm-hmm. meaning, and 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 I agree with you. And 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 if I may, I think that that really sums up the pinball experience: is that it's more immersive. That yeah. it was this world going into the arcade was this enclosed world where nothing else mattered. I mean, I, 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 a lot of this is me looking back and trying to find what appealed to me in those early first experiences. The darkness of the arcade, I couldn't see the corner of the, of the arcade. I couldn't see the ceiling. I couldn't see what else was going on. All I saw was the game. Mm-hmm. And, didn't, and because of that, I didn't really think about anything else. And I was, you know, I had a happy enough, childhood it wasn't like i was trying to escape but anybody even the happiest person can enjoy losing themselves completely in some activity it's a meditative trance-like pleasure and pinball specifically was an enclosed world in this glass case within an enclosed world of the arcade Mm mm-hmm and if i may you're describing the reason that i love punk rock and going to shows too just being able to oh, yeah, forget, good... forget things for, for a moment. And you just focus yeah, on the stage. Yeah, at, at a dark club mm-hmm. with uh, the lights on the stage and the, the sound that overwhelms all other sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and being it, surrounded it, by so many people but not needing to connect to them, but also you are connecting to them because you're all singing yeah, well the same said. song. Very well said. Very well said. And they, they, these are unique experiences that, I, you know, there's not many other places that offer that concentrated dose. I mean, yeah. maybe a casino, I, I, I like casinos, even if I'm not the biggest gambler, mm-hmm. I understand the appeal. I think mm. maybe that's what concerned people about pinball when it was considered this, right. this you know, like nefarious. gambling device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or pool halls, you know, like, like, it, like actually, yeah, in, uh, in The Hustler, they're playing pool for like 24 hours straight. Mm-hmm. And they're in that, that pool hall, smoking and drinking and not sleeping <laughs> and completely tuning out everything. I remember you, you really get that sense. Uh, I watched that movie recently with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I know what that's like. That's like playing pinball for mm-hmm. six hours. Yeah. You know? And then you, you walk out in the days like, what just happened? And you're the like, when did the sun go down? The game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, that makes me so happy that you connect with pinball the same way that we do. Um, oh, do yeah. You... I think most people must, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah it's a... Some people take it very seriously and get very competitive, um, which is fine, too. Yeah, and but... those things aren't necessarily even mutually exclusive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that aspect of it as well. Uh, do you get own... very good? Do you have any machines? 
I, I used to. There oh, was yeah? a, a time when I when I had uh, a living situation that allowed me. So I, when I went on tour, basically, the first time I went on tour in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. I basically didn't go off tour until 2005. That's ridiculous. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, you know, there would be a week off here, right. a month off there, but it didn't make sense to have a house anymore. Uh-huh. So you're kind of couch so I was never, Yeah, I would stay at family or stay with a gr- girlfriend or, or in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I had a storage space uh, and just it seemed sort of exciting to not have a home. Like my home was wherever I was and yeah. in, my home was inside. Mm-hmm. And then that went so long that then I when I came back to New York and and tour sort of ended for that stretch uh i thought wow wouldn't it be amazing to actually have your own house again like to have an apartment it it, it became this almost unimaginably exciting idea i thought wow because then you could actually have you could buy something and you could put it in your home <laughs> and it could stay there right and you could see it every day you know like all that became i had a new appreciation for those yeah. basic things and that's when i got um I said, wow, I could even buy something that I always dreamed of having. And I had some money for the first time ever. And it was all those those dreams I had as a younger person that I could actually make happen. So I bought uh, Adam's Family Gold Edition. Awesome. Um, Tales from the Crypt, which Ooh. was a mistake in the end. but um, <laughs> Too many like it, it, problems fixing it or what? No, it's just not a great game. Yeah, mm, it's yeah. it's kitschy and it's niche, but it's, it's novelty. Yeah, but not like, really playable that much. Here's what I like about it: it has an extra wide play field. Mm-hmm. I, that was one of the earlier games. It's a Data East game, and it had you know two of the craziest ramps that any game has ever had. It had this that spiral upside or... down. Oh yeah, yeah it's a spiral mm-hmm. three sixty spiral, and then it has a one eighty inverted flip. It's like a skateboard part. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so. Cool. And I like I like Tales from the Crypt comic books. I, I like the TV show. I'm mm-hmm. th- th- I'm more of a fan of DC in that era of comics than the the TV show. But I I, I remembered playing it in the arcade and being really blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to Adam's Family, and then I ended up getting Twilight Zone, oh, and man. that you know, there's just there really is no higher level gameplay mm-hmm. than Pat Lawler's games for me for me for what I. For the flow of a of a play field, I've I've never found uh, games better than those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, one time on Adam's Family, I've done a mansion tour twice in a game, and it's like the oh, wow. coolest feeling in the world. I was like, wait, I did this one thing one time, and then a second time in the same game. Oh, it felt so good. That's 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 a big achievement. I've never I've never actually done that myself, and I've never seen it done. I've I've gotten one done one time in a game and i've i've on yeah. twilight zone i've gotten the all the door panels and things like that nice they're, they're great they're, they're games it's pinball can be a, a very dry game experience mm-hmm. at the same time that it's very dynamic but i because you know it's a real ball moving around in unpredictable ways right. but the the elements of the game there is so much care it's such a it's like the rolls royce of of game design with pat lawler and his mm-hmm. team everybody that he that he worked with the artists. I always think those games are the best illustrations. Funhouse, mm-hmm. Funhouse is probably my other game. But I'm just a Pat Lawler fan, well, so I always gravitate towards his his stuff. 
Ha- so have you uh, gotten some uh, playing time in with Dialed In then? Yeah, I was going to wonder about that too. So his newer games, um, I've had a harder time finding because I'm not in that zone. And whenever I go back to Ann Arbor, for mm. example, and I go to Pinball Pete's, they still have a huge array of games. I usually end up playing the games that I know and like, and then mm. I'll try the newer ones, but they, it takes time. You have to put in a lot yeah. of time to learn the to rules. Learn, mm-hmm. It's true to learn the rules and to learn the the problem areas and how to to get around. And in mm-hmm. that environment, it's it's it, without if you're alone too, it can be harder. I usually would do better watching someone else play for a while. Oh, and, absolutely. And I didn't really have that, so I've I've lost that kind of community that I was able to have in those earlier arcade games where I could just I, I enjoyed watching people play for hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the lines would be so long, I would just give up and say, well, why am I standing out here on the sidewalk? I could at least be inside watching <laughs> someone else play. And learning um, so much and enjoying it, yeah. But I think the last game of his that I really played uh, heavily that was one of the newer ones was uh, Ripley's Believe Ripley's, It or Not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Monopoly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived with that game for a little while. That's a lot of fun. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. What's dialed in? D- Dalton is from Jersey Jack, uh, in, so in New Jersey. Oh, right. He did yeah. The Wizard of Oz, and uh, it's their right. latest game. It's the first game in a very, very long time that's not that's an original license and not an IP. So it's not based right. off of a movie or a rock band or anything. It's just it's this um, like post apocalyptic kind of scenario, or like there's um, all these different different uh, natural disasters coming towards you in this quantum city that he built. Yeah, so it's like a 21st century theme while things are kind of falling apart around you. And uh, so, wow. yeah, Jersey Jack did Wizard of Oz, and then they also the put Hobbit. out The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So not only is this their first original license and the first in a while, but it's also Jersey Jack's first not-wide body as well, right? Yeah, um, and it's the first time, like, they, they dug Pat Lawler out of retirement, basically. Right, yeah. You you definitely need to check yeah. it out. Um, I mean, I if you're in New York, he, you're not far he, from Jersey. There's got to be some there. He has. I saw that he set up his own company his consulting company um a few years ago and he would update on his website the games that they were working on that was a lot of the stern games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever it was at the time and then uh, that kind of went quiet and i got scared well because, i'm happy I, to I mean, tell you he's back <laughs> that's awesome there's wow. actually the dialed in t-shirts have the dialed in um logo on the front and then it's on the back it says Pat Lawler's back, and I just want Pat Lawler to wear that shirt because it would literally be Pat Lawler's back. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did he get? Is it? I think the guy's name is Yossi. Oh yeah, uh, John, oh, yeah, John Yossi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Yossi, um, did he do the artwork? I think he did. Graham, would you? Yeah, mind yeah, I'll look it up. Fact checking that, but it's very similar to Yossi's artwork on like Medieval Madness or, um, gosh, what else did he do? Whitewater. Um, yeah, yeah, Whitewater Funhouse. Yeah, zone, and I was gonna I say, think. hey, when you tour Seattle, like uh, if you have the time, hit us up. The, like there, right yeah, by my so place, many. there's a a spot that has all these Lawler games in a row: Funhouse, Twilight Zone, Adam's Family. We've got Monopoly. Like they're all just set up next to each other. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, and I know I, I'm, I'm. There must be. I'm not going to say the equivalent of a Pat Lawler, but I'm sure there are other designers. Oh, yeah. Like March that Mar- have done. Mark Ritchie is a great designer as well. And so what John, games has he done? He's done ACDC as his most famous one. Um, but he did uh, Attack from Mars, I believe, too. Or, oh, no. okay. Yeah, he's he's the, he's known as the king of flow. So, like, his shots just did, kind of flow into each other. Did he do Theater of Magic? That, I can't remember. That might have been John Borg. 
Man, so many things to look up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, we want to know who did what for Theater of Magic? Who designed Theater of Magic? No, that was John okay. Papaduke. I'm sorry. That Yeah, Theater of Magic was... Oh, yeah, that was definitely John Papaduke. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, let me confirm. And designed by Joe Kamenkow and Ed Sebula. I don't know those names at all. Mm, me either. Huh. Um, so we were looking to see... Oh, wait, if- I'm sorry. That's That's the wrong game. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's John Papadou. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then dialed in who did the artwork on that is your other query. <laughs> uh, it was John Yusey. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. So the dream team is back again. <laughs> wow. What other game? Uh, here's other games I had early experiences with and was really taken by really taken by Pinbot and Bride of Pinbot. Yeah, and then Jackbot is the third in that series. Oh, wow. It's a casino scene. Yeah, one. yeah. It's uh, basically a uh, pinbot, but it's modern, like updated to be like a dot matrix display type game. And it's yeah, casino yeah, themed. Jackpot. And then I also like the... on Taxi, Jackpot, or Pinbot makes it an appearance on Taxi. I noticed that. I mm-hmm. love Taxi was a game I considered trying to buy um, just because I love the artwork. Yeah. It, and the Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. And the... Well, Santa Claus is one of your heroes too, right? He is, and just the fact that he made an appearance in the pinball game, it, just, yeah. it was very tempting. But I wasn't <laughs> sure, Taxi wasn't in a game I had played a lot, so I wasn't sure how, how it was as a game. Well, I always tell people this, you don't get better by not practicing, so well, maybe you just true. need to get out and play a taxi. Andrew, are you still in New York City? I am not technically. I don't, I, actually, I kind of am doing now what I described oh, okay. uh, back in the early 2000s. Oh, okay, I'm yeah, sort yeah. Of Anchorless. Perpetually moving, yeah. So I'm here, there, and everywhere, or mm-hmm. and nowhere. Well, I'm <laughs> a, I have the internet at my disposal, and I want to find you the closest uh, uh, Pat Lawler dialed in here. Uh, where Where's the next place you think you'll have time to like kind of hunker down and play pinball uh, city-wise? Well, tomorrow I am going to Seattle, actually, because oh. I'm going to the end, uh, the end oh, and fest. Uh, radio festival, oh, yeah. yeah. Be awesome awesome cool. well we, we can have definitely one take Flip care Flip of you if you have time yeah yeah i just realized that i was just thinking yeah where where, where am i gonna go i thought well i'm traveling tomorrow and then i thought where am i traveling i thought <laughs> well seattle and that's where you guys are that's where it sure is, is. <laughs> yeah i think we have two on location right now there might I, be one at shorties I, and at flip flip i think you're right about that yeah uh, actually you know what I have great news. We have four dialed in oh in Seattle right now. As well. There is one at the Eight Bit Arcade, which is probably the closest one to the End Fest, uh, if if they're still holding it at the Auburn White River Amphitheater. Um, then Shorty's downtown in Belltown, Seattle Pinball Museum, which mm-hmm. has like fifty plus games, so that's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Wow! And uh, Flip Flip Ding Ding, the one that uh, Kayla's talking about, is kind of our our home base. Like usually, we meet up there before we uh, record a podcast. Mm-hmm. So they've got like thirty games. You would love it. It's yeah. fantastic. That that sounds excellent. I will follow up with you to get. Although they're they're easy to remember names. Flip Flip. Yep. Flip Flip Ding Ding. <laughs> flip Flip Ding Ding. I, uh, the, the, the newest game that I tried to put some time into was the Ghostbusters game. And it was oh, hard. Yeah. It's really yeah, hard. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. That's a John Trudeau Ooh. game, and he's known for having a larger gap in between the flippers than most games. That's exactly, yeah, that was yeah. it. I said, mm-hmm. this is not a good game for kids, you know. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yeah. really not. 
I always told people that like I used to work at an ice cream parlor with uh, 13 pinball machines and I was told parents to have their kids play Attack from Mars just because the scoring system is so outrageous. So then, (laughs) you know, they could like flip for like three seconds and do nothing. And it's like, oh, you have 500 million points. Like, wow, cool. Yeah, things got really, there was a lot of point inflation Mm -hmm. during that era. And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, they should just knock off three zeros and get this back into a manageable. Yeah. Um. You know, when you get into the trillions right. very quickly, <laughs> points start to mean a lot less. That's true. What are you even playing for? Um, I have a question for you, too. Um, what do you think an Andrew WK pinball machine would look like? Like, if you were able wow. to design one, would it be like an all-white cabinet with maybe like a you know, a, a nosebleed this down is the a center? Dream. It's like a dream I've dared not dream because... <laughs> Once you start dreaming about it, it, you want it, it. it could take over your, yeah, it'll take over your life. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, I well, mean, let's just dip our toes in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe give just, us a mode or two. I would just, um, yeah, well, it would be, there, there already is sort of an AWK pinball game, which is the Elvira and the Party Monsters. <laughs> so, oh. In a way. I thought you were going to say like Party she, Zone, because Party Zone. Party Zone, Party Zone is also very appealing. Uh, but it's party monsters for you. But party zone encompasses uh, Doctor Dude, Party Elvira and the Party Monsters, and um, um, God, oh, the that's other right. One? There's like three that's parties right. coming together oh, as a yeah. master party. That's right. That is what that that, that one. So is. you do get elements of Elvira in that. That one was kind of hard to find too, but that's that main. Yeah, that Doctor Dude guy with the mm-hmm. mustache, right? Yeah. Um, I think so. Dr. Yeah. Dude doesn't have a mustache, but there is the guy in the center that has a mustache. Oh, yeah. For Party Zone, there's like the, the pilot or something with the yeah. mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Red red mustache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, so there's already those party-centric games, which I was, you know, happy about. Or for all I know, that had party. a subconscious, that might have had a subconscious influence. Yeah. That might have been the seed right there. One of the, the reasons I went with that theme. But, uh, yeah, what modes? I mean, uh, this is a great question. I would just turn, hand it all over to Pat Lawler and say, <laughs> you know, if I mean make upper, the greatest game. Yeah, upper ramp jackpot shot and then like build Andrew WK around it. Yeah. I, w- I really like the way he designed, the way he used extra flippers and designed yeah. those shots that only could be gone with the extra flipper, but were they were attainable. I always felt like he had that balance mm-hmm. of, it was challenging, but but it was but within impossible. reach. Yeah, yeah, and with practice, you could build up these you, the series of moves. It's muscle memory after a while. And yeah, and you can say, okay, I need to get it there. So in order to get it there, I can complete. I can go up this ramp, then use mm-hmm. that to get over to that side, and then click it up there. Exactly. You kind of back. So maybe there's a way shot. to. Yeah, exactly. Work it out in, in reverse, kind of like with with billiards or pool. Maybe mm-hmm. just to take that approach to the next level, like a flipper to get to one place and then another flipper up there to get to another place. And mm-hmm. I mean, what, is there anything he hasn't done? It's all with him. It's always just a matter of, of, of resources. The mm-hmm. more money you give him to work with, the, the he'll, he'll put it be. to use. <laughs> well, here's he the other proved th- that with twilight zone. Absolutely. And here's the other thing we didn't mention about dialed in is that it's, um, it's like f- smartphone capable. So there's a mode where you can start a multi-ball and then play it on your phone. 
(laughs) (laughs) So like you can walk about like maybe five or 10 feet from the game and then use the, like hit your smartphone and the flippers will flip from where it's like Bluetooth enabled. I have not experienced it yet, but it sounds pretty neat. (laughs) Is that the hardest to get feature? I don't know if it's very difficult. Um, I would say probably look online to see if anyone's putting yeah, tutorials I, up about it. I have I'm, not gotten it yet. I've only yeah. played it a few times, but I've not gotten it. No, I, I, yeah, I love, I love like, it when there's something. I love it. Pardon me. I, when there's, oh, when there's something really, really difficult to get, like that yeah. only happens once in a blue moon. That's oh, that's yeah. a big part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Midnight Madnesses on on pinball machines? Then, do you know about those Midnight? What is Midnight Madness? So on games like Congo or Game of Thrones or, um, gosh, I think NBA Fastbreak has one too. There was a, a niche amount of um, games in like the mid-90s and late 90s from Williams that had a Midnight Madness uh, capability. So once the clock hit midnight on the machine, no matter what you were doing while you were playing it, it goes into instant multi-ball. So oh, wow. I had no idea that it's was so something cool. like this. Yeah. It's just like That's midnight is party idea. time. So, like, you could just be, like, picking off shots for a mode that you're in, and it's, like, the machine goes dark and goes ding, 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 and, like, counts to 12, and then it flashes Midnight Madness and all the balls come out. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. See, this is, after all these years, there's still so much that, that I don't even know. <laughs> it's an endless In the best deep. way. Yeah. We're also way. big nerds about pinball, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But You're that's good. It's, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I've that's never true. gotten bored of it. I've, I, you know, and, and, and the minute you get bored, if there is such a thing, or burned out on a game, there's other games. There's I mean, a billion it's, other. <laughs> it's and, true. And all the skills that you develop in one area, in a way, are applicable to the new game. But it's also humbling enough that it's going to require you to, you know, you, even even if you're great at at, at handling the ball and and, you, and working the flippers, you have to learn how to apply that to this new game and absolutely it's true and even even the same game but a slightly different table is a different experience that's that's the fun oh, of the, yeah. and the chaos of uh of of actual real world physics in, like, in the middle you, of it you could play an sg at your buddy's house here and then another sg that's the same exact model right mm-hmm. same color even same kick same like faceplate on it it's gonna feel different yeah like, yeah no two games are the same right yeah. there's a physical there's wear patterns physical space being mm-hmm. handled by people and like you said even the weather and the moisture and all these things yeah. come into play <laughs> those, yeah those those are like a piano oh absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. piano is a great uh analogy um, yeah analogy for pinball there yeah um man and and that's kind of what makes um uh, a pinball at large or you know actual physical like upright grand pianos or something as well uh increasingly unique and valuable kind of in in this moment in our in our culture like we we explored the possibility of synthesizers or video games or whatnot and there's like no matter how much you tweak that and finesse it there's there's a certain wall that you hit where you don't have that unique chaotic factor of of real world tactile uh, experiences it turns out yeah that's what's always it's beautiful to see where what people think we appreciate about a certain experience. Uh, they believe that it's, it's some sort of reduced or some aspect of that experience rather than the totality of it. So again, like with piano, like, Oh, well they just like pressing these keys and hearing a sound. So we can do that with a keyboard. And I love keyboards because there's key things that, that a synthesizer can do that are just, you know, unique and fantastic and, 
it's, it's quite thrilling, but it's not the same as a piano. And just like with pinball, sure, you know, they're like, oh, well, people like playing a game, so they'll like playing a video game just as much. But there's something completely unto itself about pinball that nothing else that isn't pinball will give. Yeah, it's hard to recreate. Yeah, it, it is. It's 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 its own thing. It's not because that's obviously what people thought. It's like, oh, well, kids like to hang out in arcades and play games. So as long as the games are getting better or this or that, they don't care if it's pinball or, or air hockey or some video game. But it turns out that pinball is pinball. And that's mm-hmm. that if you like pinball, that's what you like. Yeah. And, and, and to me, it's, it's as simple as I like that shiny steel ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there's something extremely appealing about just the, that ball. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I don't have that physical ball, then it's not pinball and it's not going to be that experience. I can like all these kind of other games. I always have liked video games and I guess, you know, any kind of challenging play, you know, to some degree I appreciate, but there was something about pinball where I I felt like this was made for me. Mm -hmm. Like this, everything about this appeals to me. It was like someone, someone said, we're going to invent something that appeals to you in the most primal and detailed and lavish way. And we're going to encase it in a beautiful glass case <laughs> and, and make it have sound and lights and colors. And, 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 and we're going to, and, and you're not going to believe it. it. It's like a dream. It's like, it really is like this mm-hmm. alien thing. Cause there's, there really is no other, I can't go out into nature and find this experience. It's this real man-made mechanical joy you know it doesn't accomplish anything other than joy i mean i guess it makes money for the owner uh, sure. but a lot of things make money and they don't need to go to that length you know it's just such a fan that's one of the things i also really liked about it at its height was that this was a real money-making industry mm-hmm. and i'm glad that it didn't completely burn itself. out yeah i mean but it, it is nice yeah, go ahead. I'm it, sorry. Sorry, it did for a little while. There was dark ages of pinball, like towards the late yeah, '90s. Yeah, late '90s through probably. I, I think 2000s. you could say, or, yeah, early yeah. to mid even 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like Stern was the the sole banner uh, there for yeah. a while, and they had the monopoly on it, literally. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah, I remember um, that. Those were not such great games. With- but respect. right yeah. now is a really interesting time for pinball because there's a lot of boutique uh, operators and designers that are doing this resurgence, like Spooky Pinball out of uh, Wisconsin, I think it is. Yep. Uh, they just did oh, wow. a, they just did a Rob Zombie game and a uh, Justin's oh, wow. game. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Holy smokes! I didn't even know about that. Yeah, there's all these like kind of smaller uh, companies just doing startups, like uh, Highway Pinball in Wales. They just traded hands because uh, they had financial difficulties, but they made um, an alien machine for the movie, and before that, they did a motocross themed game. And I actually got to go to their uh, pinball factory in Wales a couple years ago when I went on my first year. That's amazing. Trip. So yeah, there's a lot of like excitement built up around it. Like, yeah. Graham and I are kind of worrying when the bubble's going to burst right now. But but at the same time, I honestly think, Kayla, to jump in on that, sure. that, that we're not going to see much of a bubble burst because and I it's hard for just going to get bigger. Right. Like yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard to really compare my current experience or our collective experiences um, with what was happening in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Right. But the at least up here in Seattle, Andrew, and it would be really cool for you to see a lot of this. Uh, but like we have 
a really robust community. And I know mm-hmm. you've been a little bit a part of that too in New York. You've uh, su- uh, worked, uh, you know, subbed for like the leagues there. Oh, and yeah, stuff. you played the uh, team. Yeah, I've out seen, in New York. I, I have seen the burgeoning community and I was completely blown away by it because mm-hmm. there was nothing like that that I had participated in during my, you know, earlier years. And it's always really moved by people coming together and kind of willing it into existence or back into prominence or just to not let it die. Right. I yeah. think it's, it's a real, it's, I don't, I don't think it's just nostalgia and people trying to re- reconnect. It, 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 it's, it's, you realize that there, there may be an aspect of that, but just like someone who loves a certain car, it goes beyond like, Oh, well this reminds me of driving around with my dad and in, in the fifties mm-hmm. or something. There's also just an aesthetic appreciation for this object mm-hmm. as it is on its own. I like this car because <laughs> of what it is. I like pinball because of what it is. Even if all that was removed, for example, let's say pinball never had existed. If I had never seen it before, never knew anything about it, had no prior experience from childhood or anything, and I walked into a place and they had this thing there called pinball, <laughs> I would be completely excited. Yeah, just blown and, away you by know, it. Exactly. Yeah, it's been really great for me. Like when I first got into it about nine or 10 years ago, um, I started because I go to shows by myself like constantly. Um, and in between bands, when I feel awkward or like anxious, like I just go play around a pinball if they have it there. And it's so great to have it um, solitary or with friends. And then like once you're over there playing, people kind of j- join in and they're like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Can I play too? And then you meet friends and mm-hmm. just it's a really great icebreaker because like no, everyone's on even playing fields and you just get to enjoy this yeah. experience. Pun intended. <laughs> um, go ahead, Graham. You had a question. Oh, right? you know what? Honestly, a- Andrew, we uh, we compiled a handful of questions from friends of ours and listeners. Um, a lot of them are not pinball related. Some of them are. And so I was thinking maybe we could kind of try to do a, a rapid fire a, a Q&A okay. thing. How do you sure. feel about that? Cool. Um, do my best. All right. Uh, Kaylee, do you want to start or do you want me to? You go ahead. Okay. Oh, man. Um well, my friend Andrew had a few questions. Uh, he asked, uh, he wanted to know what your thoughts were on how artists can work for change uh, in general in the world, especially just current times. But Oh, well, I think, uh, yeah, well, some, some artists really seem to be inspired first and foremost by the idea of enacting some sort of societal or cultural change, of course, any creative work is going to cause some kind of change. That's true. Uh, even if it's just in your immediate surroundings, if you make a painting, you've changed what was on that paper or canvas. You make a song, you've changed the sound uh, in the area that you're working in. So there's 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 always change, and then it's, it, it, is that change directed towards something other than itself for me uh i was always trying to change the way i felt change the way it felt to be me or the way it felt to to be alive to make it feel better and music made the way i felt to be me uh more enjoyable Hmm. it changed the way i felt and i think um with a lot of people they're able to get that really physical shift in their body and their mind and their spirit from, from music. Mm -hmm. It makes them 
feel better, but but better isn't really the right. It makes them feel period, mm. um, and that's a real type of change. That's a fundamental change that you can then empower yourself with to go out into the world and take on all kinds of other change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to change the world in a positive way if you feel like crap. Yeah, so, no. That's yeah. very true, and it inspires you to share it with others. Yeah, which it kind of comes down to your your philosophies that you try to impart for the most part, too. I think so, yeah, because I, 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 I've struggled with feeling, you know, good, I guess, in general. Um, but in a way, it's been the best it's a, a blessing and a curse. The blessing is that it, that's what motivated me to try to feel a different way. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel good, nothing is more motivating uh, because that you'll, you'll seek out and you'll push until you find something that makes you feel better. And yeah, and if you can share that with someone else or connect someone else through their own pursuit of a better feeling and you realize you're not alone, mm-hmm. that's also um, very huge, powerful. Usually powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I, I've got a couple of questions related to that as well. My friend Eric uh, asked, uh, he, he'd like to know how you came about uh, to the philosophy that you live by and try to impart. Like, what was the main impetus of that? Was it kind of a gradual journey or were there some turning points? Uh, well, yeah, it's it's it's, it's constant uh, turning point and always gradual. But at the same time, it was there from the first first experience much like pinball i mean i liked music from the first time i remember hearing Mm -hmm. it um and i remember very clearly hearing the records that my dad was listening to these these classical records and uh when he played piano he was taking piano lessons himself when i was very young um the first lessons that i took those at first i thought it was just a fluke you know when you're that young you don't necessarily know what's going on in general but at the same time you clear head you're very open and it's, it's a clean slate so you you, you kind of take everything for what it is and it, it it became very clear to me that music can make you feel like it's good to be alive mm-hmm. so maybe life maybe it is good to be alive maybe maybe you can yeah accept that and not have to wrestle with it and that even when life is hard or painful just very intense it still is good that 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 we can move past that glass half full glass half empty and just be happy puzzle. that you have the glass exactly <laughs> that's how i always thought mm-hmm. yeah so and 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 that whole process i think of as sort of the ultimate celebration this 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 mysterious riddle of life and figuring it out and engaging with it is the celebration of it mhm and that that has to be a good thing. And you have to embrace failure as well through that when you're being expressive and um, oh, definitely. just like trying to find that peak of positivity and happiness within yourself. Like everyone I, I tell, like even within pinball, like I, I run a women's tournament once a month for the last three and a half years. And I get women all the time like, oh, I'm not very good. I shouldn't play. And it's like, well, you don't get better by, by not trying and you're going to fail and you have to embrace the failure because that's the only way for you to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And failure in many instances is a real proof of a different kind of success. Yeah. I, I think about a lot of this stuff on, on sort of physical terms. Like if you're doing push-ups and you 
can't do another push-up, you've reached your limit. You, that, that is a kind of failure that proves you gave everything you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. And next time you'll maybe be able to do one extra push-up and then mm-hmm. another extra push-up, your body gets stronger. Yeah. That type of failure. That whether shows progress. It comes, yeah, it's, it, exactly. It's a sign of it's an opening towards progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important to, for people to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I kind of liked it. It seemed like a silly question, but at the same time, I think that there's maybe something here. Uh, my friend Patrick asked, uh, how often is the partying actually hard, as in difficult? Like, are there times where it is difficult? Like, how do you approach it actually being difficult to rally and yeah. be Most optimistic? of the time for me. Really? Most of the time it's hard, yeah. Well, well because why, people expect it of you, I would think. Well, no, that's when it gets easier because then oh, okay. I have purpose. Okay. Yeah, yeah, purpose. you're fulfilling a role, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, it's, that, it's, but, it's, uh, that's actually, I think, maybe underlying why I took on this work was to give me a reason to have to push past those low feelings that are mm-hmm. like the default mode for me otherwise. I had to have a reason to do it. You know, it wasn't enough just to do it for me. I had to have something calling on me to do it. And not just other people or an audience, although that that's there, but like the feeling itself. I feel like this joyful life force feeling is asking me, is telling me, Andrew, I'm I'm counting on you to represent me, to go out there and 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 preach about me, to conjure me up, to share to share me. Even you know, and everybody can do that. I mean, this is my little contribution towards it, my way. Uh, on my own level of serving that life force feeling. Mm-hmm. But when you can have it relying on you even just a little bit, it, it's, you know, it'll make you push past your own weaknesses. So for me, yeah, it, it, there are those moments, there's yeah. those golden moments where you get that flow and you, it's like you have a, you know, you get a replay from a high score just on your first ball yeah. and you have like six extra balls Unlimited resources. saved up already. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you just have one of those perfect games. And, and and those are great because it shows you that it is possible. Yeah. But you also know in a humble, sobering sense that it's very likely that your next game won't be like that. Yeah. But you keep going and you love those hard games too and the, and the, and the, games that you just couldn't get a single game to go well all night it all counts it's all part of your life it's all like sacred minutes of your life mm-hmm. we got to appreciate all of it uh and and those little glimpses of pure total truth clarity beauty and perfection um are what keep us pushing to 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 get more of them that's so awesome like i just really love that yeah, yeah just I, I, all I of those uh all of those failures and like struggles and challenges, they're all part of your experience. And yeah, it all counts. Yeah. It all what? counts. Cause I definitely would get very, you know, like a, a real easy example is a bad relationship sure. or something, you know, having your heart broken and you feel this anger that you felt like your life was taken from you. Those years or whatever was a waste. Oh, sure. And you just, you can't because that no. counted too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, people tend to focus on the worst thing that happened in that relationship, and they're like, "Well, everything was." I just threw those lives, those years away. It's like, no, do you really? You're right. Yourself? There was good times. Yeah, there were good times. It was still part of your life, and yeah. uh, and we have to we have to put it all in some kind of context that allows it to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Think creatively about it until it until it 
means something good and not just something painful. Absolutely. Well, um, I still have a bunch of questions. I want to get one out just to make, because if I had to pick just one uh, that I had in front of me that I wanted to make sure that you answered. Your Desert Island it, question. Uh, it's, it's this one. My friend Heather, um, who has lived, who grew up in Hawaii and uh, has been in Seattle and Honolulu on and off for the last few years, um, dating a band member of mine. They've been together for a long time. Anyway, Heather uh, met you after a speaking tour you did in Honolulu uh, in the last couple oh. of years. And, uh, yeah, that must have been this, back in uh, this last tour. You, that was, a, what, that was the first, first or second date on the whole 50-state mm-hmm. speaking tour was in Hawaii. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. Well, she uh, Heather, after the show, came up to you and asked you if you would be willing to officiate their wedding when it came up. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. I've been asked that before. Oh, really? It's always an incredible invitation. I mean, what it, it, to be present at such a profound moment in someone's life, it, 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 it just blows me away that someone would want to give, to give me that uh, role in their big day. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I guess I was just trying to get you on the record to say that you're still up for it, but I think they're willing to work around you, and I don't think they have... It's not, like, imminent, but, you know... Yeah, I think I probably told her then if 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 if, if it works on schedule wise. I mean, I've done it before um, awesome. when we've oh, been, a, been able to make it work. And I am ordained in the Universal Life, Life Church, Church as uh-huh. yeah, like anybody can sign up and right. do it. So I, I, it's been, it's been. I can even do. I got the extra certificate so I can marry people in New York as well because New right. York has another. Oh really? Another loophole. Yeah, they huh. always make things a little trickier there. So. Sure. I mean, that's where pinball got saved too. So. You know, yeah. that, do you know that whole story, Andrew? No, not exactly. What okay. happened? Oh, so um, New York City, um, they had the ban on. I mean, a lot of different places places had a ban on pinball because it was nefarious and gambling and near do wells hanging out there. Those um, photos of them taking pinball machines and destroying and throwing them in the Chicago River and things like that, making Billy close yeah. to the police. Um, they had in the New York Supreme Court, I think it was Supreme Court. I don't think it was civil. The state Supreme Court. State Supreme Court. Okay. And uh, they had they had asked this man, Roger Sharp, who had been playing in like speakeasies and just playing pinball around town in New York to uh, demonstrate why pinball was a game of skill and not luck. And he did a Hail Mary Babe Ruth kind of thing where he said, I'm going to make that shot from this flipper and I'll show you that it's a purposeful game of skill and not just chance and luck and gambling. So he made the shot, and the the judge said, "I've seen enough. We're lifting the ban on pinball." That's amazing. I had yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really it's, cool story. It's you should look it up. There's a there's you a know drunk the show. Yeah, yeah, drunk history has an episode uh, where they feature yeah. it. Yeah, it's oh, great. That's great. It's pretty fascinating. It was like mid seventies. Did uh with I never understood this. Did pinball machines at one point pay out money? Yes, the bar would pay out what? money. They they would have a oh, weekly wow. challenge kind of thing. I think during like Prohibition era, maybe. Um, but there's also, I mean, people still bet on the game no matter what. Like I was at a pinball tournament last week in in uh, Pittsburgh, and people were playing dollar games there. But yeah, there would be like a, a set score. Like if you could hit this score, then you get the pot for the play- people that attempted that score within the week. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I wasn't sure if it was like a, a slot machine where oh sure the game itself. Just spat out, out money, one. yeah. <laughs> but um, I like real, that idea. yeah, I, I like that idea a lot too, actually. <laughs> um, but real quick, while we're on that t- kind of topic, um, 
Do you know about Pinburg and replay effects in Pittsburgh? Um, p- possibly. I mean, through conversations, as uh, I've professed my love of pinball, people sure. have brought things up. But tell me, tell me about Pittsburgh because I've been working in Pittsburgh a bit more than than usual because of the Penguins. Oh, cool! They've been u- <laughs> using my uh, the Party Hard song as their really? whole song. That's for awesome. The last two years. Well, that's exciting, and then they what? won the cup this year too. Oh, and Penguin- yeah, and last year too. Oh yeah, back. and penguins are my favorite wow. animal. <laughs> and my brother's, whose name is Peter, bird. just to bring it back. Yeah, no, I was just in at the Pittsburgh Aviary a week ago, and I spent the forty dollars to hang out with a penguin one on one for half an hour, and it was amazing. It was totally I was worth crying. it. Nice. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to. Pet was it an it. emperor emperor penguin? No, it was an African penguin. Oh, okay, the smaller ones. Yeah, right? smaller yeah. ones, yeah. Uh, and they need a warmer environment. It was she was so cute. Her name was Glory. Uh, <laughs> um, very soft, too. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. So in Pittsburgh, once a year, there's also like the PAPA facility has been there for a long time. And PAPA is an acronym for the Professional Amateur Pinball Association. And they are um, a great resource for pinball tutorials and rule sets and um, like tournament rulings. And it's kind of like the go-to. It's like the pinball Bible almost. And they've been an institution for a very, very long time. And um, so once a year in Pittsburgh, there's the replay effects and they've joined partnership there with Papa and they have the world's largest pinball tournament in Pittsburgh once a year, every July. And last year there were 700 players. This year there's 800 players. Next year they're um, banking on it. There being a thousand players. And I'm telling you, Andrew, it sells out in half an hour. Like that, those spots, they're gone. People travel from all over the world to do this. Like I saw friends from Sweden, from London, from um, East Coast, West Coast, Southern Florida, you know, like all these different places that people converge from. And it's this big event and uh you know the top you'd split yourself into divisions a b c and d and the top 40 get paid out depending on how you place but it, it doesn't even matter if you win or not like it's just such a fun experience and one of the um tournament directors and mcs of that um had asked me to invite you personally to if you were inv- available and interested in late july next year he would love if you were the master of ceremonies or if you wanted to play or oh my gosh yeah like they like bowen karen's um just wants to spread a message of positivity and inclusivity and motivation through pinball and he thinks that you would be an excellent example for of a role model to keep people happy and on track wow i'm i'm just um very moved to be invited to uh, represent anything but pinball Specifically, especially I'm not like the world's greatest player by any stretch of the means, but I'm very passionate about Mm -hmm. the feelings I get as we've discussed. So uh, the answer, of course, is yes. Uh, Please um, put me in touch with them or email me and let's take it to the next the next step. Yeah, let's let's block out your late July next year. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Incredible. That's awesome. Um, Whoops. Let's see. Uh, well, uh, my friend Holly was curious if you had any fun side projects going on that maybe people don't know about yet. So this is kind of a precursor to plugs here at the end. No, not, not really nothing to, to, I've learned the hard way from my own, uh, over eagerness to talk about things that hadn't taken enough shape yet, that it's best to not only let them take shape, but let them just plop out when they're ready to plop. That's a good and, point. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so there's all kinds of stuff going on in a good way, and uh, we'll see when it uh, presents itself. Fair enough. Lots Fair of, enough. Yeah, lots of partying still to come. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, our friend Neil asked, I don't know what the context of this is, but he asked if you were still terrified of learning how to play Rocket Man by Elton John. Yes, uh, I appreciate him being aware of this. Uh, I had a, a distressing early experience when I first moved to New York of trying to get a job um, playing keyboard in a band wow. and uh, had to audition and um, ended up choosing to play Rocket Man, even though I didn't know the song. And oh it was, boy. yeah, it was not a, a good experience for anybody, um, let alone me. There was an audience and uh, a very capable band who all knew the song and I did not. Um, but it was a turning point of sorts. And I've talked about it in uh, actually a recent episode of this is not happening. And I believe there's a video of that that can be found easily on uh, the computer. Me describing this nightmarish scenario. Well, I, I am yeah, sorry so to take I, you back. I still am. Uh-huh. Still, I, still terrified. I, 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 Still terrified and still don't know how to play it. Again, well, you have to learn to fail. That's yeah, that's right. I'm I, I'm sorry to take you back to that memory, but at the same time, I'm I'm a uh, I personally uh, appreciate learning about this, and I might look up that this is not happening episode. I can relate very much to that feeling. Um, yeah, it's it's there's nothing else quite like it. You, you, you can't in one way you feel more painfully alive than ever, and mm -hmm. at the other side, at the same time, you feel completely disembodied like this is not happening and yet it is mm -hmm. yeah. you're still stuck in that situation <laughs> okay a couple, yeah, yeah. A, a couple rapid fire questions what's your favorite in, inflatable pool floaty shape if you've it it doesn't even have to exist but what would you want to uh, float on I, well i i like that just you know the the, the simple ring the simple, simple ring yeah. Tube. I, yeah i find it very versatile and there's the way you can play with it and share it and Sort of go in the middle of it or lay on top of it. Mm. To me, it's, it, it offers the most possibility for pool partying. Fair <laughs> enough. That's a great answer. Go with the classic. Um, do you have a favorite brand of ice cream? Well, when it's available, I really like Hershey's. Really? Uh, they're, of course, yeah, they're not that well known for their ice cream because it's quite regional. Mm. Huh. I think it's, it's primarily, I mean, I only ever saw it in the Northeast, mm -hmm. so in New York and you know, near Hershey, Pennsylvania. Sure. Right. And I don't know if, if they themselves make it or someone just owns license, the Hershey brand, but it, it's, it's to me, it was, it was always very reliably good. <laughs> um, and other than that, you know, yeah, not too picky. I think drumsticks are pretty good. Yeah. Mm. That I, I think there's the, the consistency of that. Um, it's been really, really enjoyable wherever I've had those almost actually throughout the world. Drumstick ice cream is good. Fantastic. Yes. I, yeah, I, I had a Cornello in London and it was very similar. Uh, to Cornetto, that. yeah. Cornetto, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's probably the same 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 basic formula. Yeah. Well, on a similar note, uh, are you a pie man or a cake man at the end of the day? Uh I, I do like wolf, um, but I would pick cake over pie. However, even though they're harder to find, if they had like a chocolate cream pie. Mm -hmm. um, I like custard and cream-based pies. I do not care for fruit pies. Oh, I see. So Interesting. If they had, I, I would pick a slice of chocolate cream or chocolate pudding pie over chocolate cake. 
but most restaurants and most places you're more likely to find chocolate cake than chocolate cream pie. Mm-hmm. And I would pick chocolate cake over apple pie. Gotcha. They At the end of the, the day, fruit. it's the, it's the chocolate oh. impetus. <laughs> or the cream, kind of like coconut oh, yeah. cream pie, key lime pie, pumpkin pie. I had a macadamia nut cr- uh, cream pie, and that was wonderful. Mm, I've yeah. never oh, had wow. that. Yeah, there's a Hawaiian bakery near my house here in Seattle. It's fantastic. Yeah, Whoa, I'll, I'll, I'll been, take you there. Yeah, yeah please do. You've been withholding this knowledge, I'm Kayla. sorry. Yeah, it's, right, it's right by my house. <laughs> Um, I was wondering if you have a least favorite game and if you just never play it, like for pinball, is there a game that you, pinball? when you see and you're like, Oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think after I owned Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would ever put quarters in that machine gotcha. again. Um, I, and it really kills me to say that because I, I, if I had never owned it, I would have kept playing it oh, enthusiastically. Sure. It's when you get, I had so much time with it and it was so. It's like what your mom did. And when you're a kid, she rented out the video game system and said, here, have your fill. And now it's been ruined for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. true. But that's, again, a big testament to the quality of the Lawler games because I. Yeah, that's true. Just enjoyed those the more. And you had them them. at your disposal. Uh, Besides that one. you know, I, I I hate to say this too, but I I, I don't think uh, you know what this is it's too controversial. I don't want to say it. That's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to push you. I, I, I'm I'm curious, but no problem. Not a problem. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I I don't think even if it was the only game in the place, I don't think I would play Attack from Mars. What? Interesting. I thought that was one of your favorites. No, I don't. I don't. I don't care for the. the Do you mean screen. Revenge from Mars? You mean Revenge from oh. Mars? Yeah. Maybe Revenge from Mars. So the second one with the smaller cabinet okay. and the screen in the back. Yeah. That was the nail yeah. in the coffin for Pinball and Williams. So you are not, okay, you are yeah. like. That. Well, I'd like to, I would, I would like to get this clarification, but yeah, you know, you know, the, the uh, Attack from mm-hmm. Mars uh, with the saucer in the middle and then Revenge from Mars is a smaller play field with a video screen in the back. Which one are you talking about? Okay. I don't care for either of those, but oh. the really? video screen one. Yeah. I'm actually not a big medieval madness fan either. I'm okay. very, I'm, I'm. I'm very sorry to say. That's why I said I think this is a bit controversial. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's fine. I've played um, them a lot. I've uh played all of those quite a bit. And so I think I got a little bit fried on on them. Mm -hmm. But I think that's part of it. I think a game should be able to be played extremely heavily and not... like I I don't want to get burned out on any of it. Like All the sounds... This is, again, why I have to shamelessly plug Pat Lawler. I think mm-hmm. he took all this into account that you, that you, you should be able to hear all those sounds hundreds of thousands of times and not get sick of the sounds. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the and, thing he did is that he made a simple layout and he made the, a certain shot do so many different things that you never got sick of it. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, so one thing you, you brought up Medieval Madness shortly after Attack from Mars and both of those ha- like are kind of Same focused layout. around a, a, a center shot that mm-hmm. is a very obvious target. Is it? Do you think that's the common factor, or is it just uh, the prevalence of those two games at, at large? It may be a combination of all those things. I hadn't. I, I. I wasn't comfortable. Even privately, I wasn't comfortable with the fact that I didn't like them that much. So I think I really wanted mm. to like them. I had a lot of friends who really liked those games and who you know, were very passionate about them, would even bash the games that I liked and say, oh, 
you know, Twilight Zone is nowhere near as good as Medieval Madness. So there could have been a bit of, you know, everyone having their favorites and me taking that to heart a little bit and thinking they were crazy that they wouldn't, you know, how could they like this that, that much? And I think that probably colored my own perception of it. Uh, but it, maybe it is. Maybe it's that center shot thing. I think it was also the progression hmm. of stages that you worked through. I see. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. You know, the way you're rescuing or like that you're fighting these different levels. There was something about that you're stacking up. For example, like on, um, and again, it just goes to, to, to Pat Lawler with Adam's Family and, and Twilight Zone, you're assembling things in a different order each time. Mm-hmm. You're going through the mansion. So you're not just, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not just going through the motions. You're exploring in, and discovering. Yeah, exactly. So you might complete levels in a totally different order. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. The, both both Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness have very repetitive shots Linear. for the things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're in a I safe space here. I, we're, we're happy to have you. Uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you know, a wise man once said, don't believe the hype. Yeah. <laughs> Just because they're hey, popular you know doesn't but mean they're I, great. I'm, I'm, I'm always open to the fact that, and I think this is why I, I kept playing them even when I, I didn't really like them that much, hmm. as I thought eventually I'm going to see, I'm going to find some new thing. I'm going to find a way in to, mm-hmm. to, re- to relate to this game more. And uh, You'll get it um, one day. Yeah, so I keep an open mind about all of it. And I, even the games I don't enjoy playing, I still love that they exist. And I love that people are passionate about them. And um, I still love the phenomenon. Totally, yeah. Um, I would like maybe a, a few, just a few minutes on your impression of playing The Gathering of Jekyllos, too, if, we, if I could. Oh, wow. I mean, it was... Uh, talk about atmosphere. It was a very... I, w- I went alone. Uh-huh. I think that was a big part of it. I went there by myself, so I didn't have my band, and I didn't even have a tour manager or anyone I was traveling with. And it's in a it, at that time it was in a, a quite rural part of it's Michigan, Indiana. Isn't it? Oh, okay, that's okay. Haven Rock. So you fly in, and then you drive for a considerable distance. But when I got there, um, it was one of the, the the best organized festivals I'd ever been to. Um, not just in how it was laid out, but just the accommodations. Uh, there was a lot of, I think it's because, it, it, you know, when, the, when a band or an artist, a musician is making their own festival, they have that opportunity, or at least w- when you ICP, they really took the time to, to think, what do we like about festivals? Mm-hmm. How, do, how we had experiences at festivals. Well, what, what did we enjoy about the backstage? What made the dressing room work really nice for us in this festival. And they did everything perfect mm-hmm. that a lot of festivals maybe just didn't think of. There's you know? oversights uh, because they're not having that experience in that space. Like they're not. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they, they just, there were so many details that were so above and beyond what was necessary. And That's really cool so, to hear. Yeah. So thoughtful. So that, so it went from this one really extreme of, of being really out in the middle of nowhere and really alone, and then I, and then that was, there was a real big, um, what's the, the right word? Uh, like contrast. Oh, okay. Of, yeah, of getting there and having it be really comfortable and really beautifully designed, and everyone was really nice and really, really on the ball. And then it, there was another contrast where it felt even within that, then I, then it started to feel very chaotic and very dangerous, and mm. but not in a, not in a way that's unusual for a festival there was sure. that kind of unpredictability and that it's 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 this free-for-all mm-hmm. 
And then with the show itself, uh, I mean, the crowd had been very rowdy all day um, and, and sort of reacting in what I would call an unpredictable manner to all the various performers. But everyone was, was doing it, so I tried to sort of gauge how the performers were uh, handling the situations they found themselves in. Mm-hmm. And there was just a technical problem with, with my show that I, I take responsibility for, again, largely because I was alone and I didn't have someone sort of going through the checklist with me um, from my team. And there was confusion, and I ended up not having my keyboard mm-hmm. um, at the show by accident. So I thought there was going to be one there, and they thought I was bringing one with me. and Just miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was probably the big part of the the it was a technical problem that that really colored my ability to do my regular show. But I I always will play. I just mm-hmm. the show must go on in some capacity. So I just tried to do the best I could without having uh, an instrument to play. And crowd right. was very passionate. And uh, you know the strange thing is, I'll never really know what to think about that show. Mm-hmm. It was the most intense one of the top three most intense show experiences I've ever had. Mm. And some people said it was the worst show they'd ever seen and the worst um, reaction from a crowd. And then other people who were at the show, who (laughs) I I really trust their point of view, said it was the most positive show they'd ever seen with the most positive crowd reaction. So it's really polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'll always remember it as a certain feeling in in my body and uh like every emotion at once and uh mainly just total confusion Mm -hmm. wow man yeah real life experience definitely thank you for sharing that yeah Um, yeah well i got i got two two more for you here uh one's a little more broad and abstract and not pinball based and then the other one's short and sweet and pinball based Uh, my friend wendy uh wanted to ask uh if whether you see a value in or whether you do uh, compartmentalize aspects of yourself when you're approaching a new like creative project or otherwise um, like w- when you approach like a, a task like that do you do you find yourself removing components of yourself or do you think that it's kind of the whole th- your whole um, your whole self converging or focusing are there are there pieces that you take away well both to a degree I think the converging is uh, is what allows certain skills to come to the fore for whatever task you have at hand. I mean, clearly, for example, if you're going to call someone to do uh, an interview, I'm <laughs> not going to be using my hands the same way I would as if I was playing <laughs> piano or even pinball for that matter. Mm-hmm. So that's, I can let my hands just hold the telephone. Sure. Um, but they're, I guess they're still engaged. And uh, I'm also, you know, I can sort of yell and scream and sing and stuff, but that probably wouldn't be the most useful use of my voice for trying to communicate whatever it is we're talking about during a, a discussion like this. So I think you want to do your best. You always want to do your best. And you want to use whatever you can bring to the table, as you said, like the play field, mm-hmm. to do your best in that particular moment. And that's, that, that's a nice consistency that I've tried to 
think about more and more and more that every opportunity is a chance to do your best in that way. And sometimes that might involve a real striving and, and straining and really pushing yourself. And sometimes doing your best might involve kind of sitting back and letting go a little bit or doing what might seem like less, mm-hmm. but the situation might benefit from you pushing less mm-hmm. and knowing how to modulate um, is that's, that's, that's a real skill for sure in itself. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, on a, on a total pivot here, uh, what would you, so you're having, like, I know the party philosophy is, is a lot of, it's all encompassing, but let's say that you are throwing an actual literal party with your friends and you want a single pinball machine there. What's the game you go for? Wow. I know it's a big question. It is. It is. Cause I'm trying to consider the fact that a lot of people there might not have played pinball that much or might not be that interested in, in it. I want to be considerate to them Incom- and accommodating. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah. A game that's, that's inviting, um, and not too difficult, you know, that has an easy entry point and that can be fun to watch. You know what? I would pick Adam's family. Yeah. That's I really a great would, answer. I think everyone's familiar with, with that movie mm-hmm. or those characters. It's a really fun presentation, like the voices and the, it's just an amazing, amazing, amazing game. It, it really, and when I say game, even beyond pinball, it's, it's like if you want to bring out a great board game, you want one that had that, those same qualities. If you're going to play a video game, if you're going to put on an album or music, you know, maybe not everybody is a big fan of, you know, death metal, for example. So mm-hmm. if you're trying to put on some music at a, a gathering that you've organized, that you're trying to make as many people feel good as possible, you want to pick that thing that that has that that ability to connect with with a bunch of people, and I think that Adam's family has has that quality. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. Like people can relate. to It, it. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very easy to watch, fun to play. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, it's a very elegant, elegant game. Very much so. Um, I think we're uh, just going to wrap things up. I just wanted to pass along a message from my friend Allison who says, thank you for all your high kicks and positivity. And it's really shaped her as a pinball player and as a person in her life. So she appreciates you on many levels. So well, that, that, that tell, uh, thank you, Allison. That's very kind uh, to say, and thank you for noticing my high kicks. It does, <laughs> you know, take some, 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 lubricating of the hamstring. <laughs> yeah. And some like stretching of the pants too. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to watch out. Yeah. You Cause you could blow rip. out even yeah. denim. Mm-hmm. It'll, it's no match for that, 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 that spread. And <laughs> I just also wanted to point out, I, I'm a, obviously it's, a, it's a strange thing to, to pick Adam's family. I it's the obvious thing to pick Adam's family, but there's a reason also that it's, the, that it's the number one selling right. game. Yeah, that it was the most popular, and if that's the reason now I, to pick that game, is because that's the the game that people are most likely to have played. That's true. It's true. It's that's recognizable. True. Yeah, because it's, there's so many of them out there. So it's, that's the one. That's like, oh yeah, I've seen this game. That before, makes a lot you know? of sense. Wow, that's a, it's a time tested crowd pleaser. 
And I, ha- I have a, yeah. a Adam's Family pinball tattoo, like right on my forearm, and people recognize it oh, all wow. the time. Yeah. What is what is what does the Adam's Family pinball tattoo entail? What is that feature? So if you ever go to the machine and you look at the side art on the cabinet on the back box, you have thing with this, you know, is a, is a hand holding a pinball on yeah. its pointer finger, and the pinball is sort of right. spinning with lightning behind it. So I have that image right. on my forearm. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that illustration. Oh, yeah. That's great. That it's would really make a fun. great tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'll show it to you tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, guess. Yeah. This is crazy. I, it's a good omen again. That I think I'm, so. I mean, I haven't been to Seattle since the the the, the lecture there. Yeah, in um, October, right? Yeah. So so of of all places to be coming, and of all people to be speaking with the day before, uh, this is this is a sign the pinball gods are. are <laughs> Giving me a good uh, a good vibe to go on this trip. Yeah, embrace the serendipity. Yeah, that's always. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, thank I feel like we've taken so much of your time, and yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks, no, Andrew. It's a real, real pleasure for me, and thanks for reaching out. You know, as long all uh, when you did, but then just keeping in touch and oh yeah, knowing that the time would be right, and I think it all well, worked you were... out. And it, 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 yeah, you were just so sweet about it. Like you never made me feel like I was pestering you at all. Like so, I appreciate that. No, no, it's that. the opposite. I'm I'm usually afraid that someone will give up and and and, and not follow up. But you, you I said I, this will happen, and it, and it'll be worth the wait. I promise. And because I was excited to talk about pinball, I mean, I always sure. am. So I really wanted to make sure I had that big open block of time mm-hmm. where yeah. we could really dive in. So we didn't get like cheated on on the time. Yeah. Exactly. Well, cool. Is there anything that you wanted to just um, chime in with that we didn't cover? Before yeah, any final up? thoughts or anything you'd like to plug or anything? Just uh, AndrewWK.com and every other website uh, <laughs> with AndrewWK at the end, from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram and YouTube and everything else. And um, I'm going to be on tour and then new album coming and yeah. just the party continues. Awesome. Yes, it does. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for uh, promoting pinball and all its glory. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank we'll you for promoting partying. <laughs> yeah. My pleasure. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. I, I'll yeah. follow up uh, through, awesome. through email. Send me the address of that place. And sure. I think in the, e- the evenings over the next couple of days, I think I have open time in the night, which would be perfect anyway. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wonderful. Well, if you are around on Monday, my team is going getting together for a scrimmage. You are welcome to join. I think I'm there on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Let's figure then something out. I go out to Los weekend. Angeles. Excellent. Word. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, well thanks care. again, man. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thanks. Have a have a great Friday night. Yeah. You, you as too, well. Man. All right. Talk talk to you soon. Bye. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs>